Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, Kingdom Corner Podcast followers. The great Matt Geib with you once again for what I believe is going to be a really, really special episode of the Kingdom Corner podcast. This reminds me of the old days when I used to preach, not every time, but a lot of times when I had something that was really important or that I felt like was a real revelation like this is, I wrote a lot of it out and then would practice it until I could read it in such a way that maybe it didn't seem like it was being read. This, I believe, will be two parts, and it's just something that came to me as I was reading this passage once again. We've been in Ephesians 5, 1 through 11 for the last two or three episodes. We've been in the book of Ephesians since August, and I think this has been, like I've said a number of times, a timely epistle for what we have been facing in this current season with all the adversity and uncertainty. The themes that are in this book are amazing. We talked about some time ago about obliterating depression. We talked about the unity of the faith chasing away chaos. And we talked about how we want to be as Christians in contrast to what we do not want to be like. That's what we spent time on the last time. We've definitely seen a lot of parallels between that time of Paul's in the first century, about 62 AD and now, with the duress that the church was under then. And even now, I think the church has been under a lot of, of duress in a way with what's going on in the nation with, you know, they may not say it, but the uh, election finalizing the election results here in the United States, still not final. So there's been a lot of duress, and then Paul was in prison as well. So let's, we'll go ahead and we'll read the portion of Scripture again, and then I'm going to land on something today that God really just enlightened to me, and I believe it will help you a lot. Ephesians 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering in a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God or Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Let me read verse 11 again. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. 
In the last episode I titled, Whom or What Idol Do You Serve?, we discussed in detail the verses that we read here, verses 3 to 7, that is, which showed a stark contrast between the very ungodly folks in Ephesus and who lived in contrast or what was shown in contrast to how the saints were to be conducting their lives. Verses 8 to 11 really brought this home for them and for us today, as it says, they were once in darkness, being away from God, but as saints, they needed, just like us today, to be walking in the light of the Lord. For the fruits of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, is in all goodness, righteousness, truth, finding what is acceptable to the Lord. And then God just really highlighted this verse for me in verse 11. I really landed on it. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Today, we're going to talk about what I've titled the great exposure, the great exposure. We're going to be here, I think, today and the next episode. It'll take me a couple episodes to get through what I have to share. So today, I want to begin to talk to you about having the courage to let your light shine and therefore expose the works and workers of darkness. With that said, like I said, I've titled this the great exposure. Expose. This is a root word from which exposure comes from. It means or can be a fact or condition that has to do with openness, vulnerability, or uncovering, disclosure, exhibition, manifestation, divulgence, or revelation. In photography, exposure is an important word. It means the amount of light per unit area needed or reaching a frame of photographic film determined by shutter speed, lens aperture, and scene luminance. So I prepared this lesson, and as I prepared it, I thought of a story I read about, which was about a photographer named Ansel Adams. In 1927... Ansel was living in Yosemite Valley in California because he was wanting to photograph the great granite rock formation that we call the Half Dome in a way that had never been photographed before or exposed before on film. He'd attempted many different effects with many different shaded lenses, but was growing increasingly frustrated because he could not capture the image he envisioned as he had imagined. And more and more as he imagined what he wanted, he began to realize he needed to show a midnight black backdrop to get his desired picture. After further experimentation, he finally found the perfect effect by using a red filtered lens in order to make the blue sky a deep black. This worked, and yet he still had to work many hours in the darkroom to perfect that famous photo that launched his career, became a famous black and white photographer, and you probably have heard of him. The key was for Ansel envisioning or seeing a photo in his imagination first that did not exist, and that he had to have that in order to create or bring to reality the perfect exposure. In verse 11, of course, it talks about exposing sin by being a light to the world, and yet there is so much more truth in this passage that we can gain as we look at the topic of exposure. Let's look again at the definition of expose or exposure. 
That is to be open, be vulnerable, be uncovered, be revealed, exposed, having or bringing revelation or having something revealed. So as I began to ponder on this example of Ansel Adams creating this photo and working long hours in the darkroom because of the story I read to bring to light or expose just the perfect picture he envisioned or had dreamed of for the world to see, it seemed to really parallel some spiritual concepts that God wants to highlight on in our episode today. Colossians 3.3 says, We have been hid with Christ in God, and when he shall appear, meaning Christ, with all his glory, we shall appear alongside him in glory. Today we are hidden away in Christ. He may have you out of view for a season or time, because he may have you in a dark room with him. And he's determined to craft a picture or portrait of you that is just right. That is the perfect picture. And that is the identity of who you are as a son or daughter of God. And his purpose is to put you on display for all the world to see. Remember, I've referred to this scripture before, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. It says, by grace are you saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then a lot of times people forget this part. For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto or for good works, which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. For workmanship, some translations say we are his masterpiece or we are his poetry. So he may be working in the darkroom with you right now to bring to fruition and bring to exposure just the proper amount of his light, the exposure or picture that is of the real you, that is your true identity in him that he desires to flow through or show out to this world. Today, right now, it's very important for you to begin to grasp and see his vision of you. Remember we talked about Ansel had in his imagination just the perfect vision or photo? You have to have that vision for you, and it's not yours, but it's his, what God has said about you. Sometimes I believe this vision that God has for us is so skewed and clouded to us, we are unable to see ourselves as he does because our own hearts and minds are getting in the way, and therefore the perfect portrait he wants to craft is unclear. We've got to get that down. We've got to begin to see him how he sees us. That's the key. That's so important. He's saying to you today, don't look through your eyes any longer. Look through his lens of those things he's desiring and wanting to expose the world through you, O daughter or son of God, O masterpiece of God, O poetry of God, as I would say. Let's look at my favorite prophet, Jeremiah. He was also in the darkroom. Jeremiah 1, 4-5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God was forming Jeremiah in the womb, and he does the same with each of us. Let's look at Psalm 139, 13-16. And I still have this on a 4 by 8 card. I have it by my desk here, and I look at it every so often. I've had it since I was in middle school. 
40-some years or more ago. I taped it on my lockers throughout high school and middle school in the 70s because even though I was a Christian from a very young age, I had such a low self-esteem or lack of what I now will call a godly esteem of myself. I didn't have the vision. It was clouded by my lack of self-esteem. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago that I was able to begin to see the picture and accept the same Matt Guybe that Abba saw, as so it says here. Here's what he goes on to say in Psalm, David does. For you covered my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was hidden from you when I was in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days were fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Wow, what a powerful statement. Even in our ma's womb, he, God, had a picture of who he wanted each of us to be as his son and daughter. So then, he could put you on display or show you out to the world. As you have heard before, when God made you, he broke the mold. There's no other person on this planet like you. And you must never try to be like anyone else other than Jesus or Abba. He's created you in his image and likeness. He's working on you even right now in his dark room to expose you in the proper way. God put this so strongly on my heart. I believe it's for the Kingdom Corner podcast. I believe it's for all of you. Again, let's refer back to the text to show another facet of truth that I believe God had me land on to share with you. Ephesians 5, 10 to 11. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's our verse. Rather expose them. Rather expose them. You are in the process of being exposed like a picture is exposed with just the right amount of light shining through you. He's creating the perfect portrait of you in the right way through that very life that you have that will expose the work of darkness and be the masterpiece to which all the world would be drawn. This is the first point that I'm making. God has highlighted to me for this message today. Let's go on to another point, and that is what it means to be the light. Remember, in previous sessions, we talked about being the aroma and that how important it was to be the aroma, but it had to be backed up by a name. And I kept telling you in this Ephesians 5 passage, we are also going to cover light. Well, that's what we're going to start on today, the light, because a perfect portrait, a perfect picture needs the right amount of light. We've said that. Because light may be the most important element in photography to take the best picture. Anyone who is at all familiar with taking pictures knows this. I'm not great at photography, but at one time my wife used to be quite good at it. She understands about the different shades of light and contrast that are needed to take and make a beautiful picture, and also how to make objects appear in their best light. So we must dive into that a little bit. Reading verse 8 again then, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. My point here is, the great exposure is birthed and developed in light. Let's read Ephesians 1, 17 to 21. Probably my most favorite 
Bible verse, really. I keep coming back to this. God gave this to me when I was first called to the ministry when I was 16 or 17. Ephesians 1, 17 to 21. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding, or some say the eyes of your heart, being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. All right, that's Ephesians 1, 17 to 21. That the Father might give you, we'll go back up and pick up on this, the Father might give you a spirit of wisdom. And here's the word again, revelation, exposure. The Greek says apocalypsis. Again, the word means here to enlighten, manifest, to appear, to lay bare, to make naked, disclose, a disclosure of truth, an unveiling. John the Beloved used that in Revelation, the apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. All those visions he had in 21 chapters of Revelation. This beautiful word is, of course, synonymous to exposure. We could say the Father wants to give you a spirit of exposure. How? In the knowledge. How? What's the key? In, in the knowledge of him. That is the key, being in the dark room with him, is to become intimate with him. That's the key. Getting to know him in his heart and what he has, what the picture and portrait and masterpiece he's envisioned for you. Verse 15, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. See, Paul was praying this for them. I'm praying this for the kingdom corner devotees today and those that hear this today, tomorrow, and in the future. I'm praying that God would give you that enlightenment, have an enlightened heart. How? Let's go on. Paul is praying for Ephesus to be enlightened, to have light so that they can see, to have a full apocalypsis. Isn't that beautiful? Just like with Jeremiah, sometimes we struggle with accepting the exposure. We don't want to be exposed. That leaves us naked and vulnerable, does it not? When God told him he was forming him in the womb to be a prophet, he said he was, Jeremiah said he was too young. And yet God said to him, he had called Jeremiah to root out, pull down, destroy, then to build and plant. This was the portrait that God had for Jeremiah the prophet, even as a child, Jeremiah 1, 6 to 10. Because of this calling he has for us, another point now is he will protect us. First, we're called to have be developed in the dark room with God like a parallel to a picture. Then we talked about light and how light plays a part in that. And he wants to enlighten us and expose us with his light and grow us. You know, plants are grown with light. And now he will protect us because he has so much invested in you. Another point, we are his inheritance then. This is the third point. Verse 13, 
of Ephesians 1. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. See, his spirit lives in us to keep us as his inheritance, to seal us as one way it says it in the original language, until the redemption of our purchased possession to the praise of God, until we're finally literally in heaven with him. The Holy Spirit will keep us if we yield to him. The eyes, verse 18, of your understanding are hard being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches, now get this, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You know, he, he has a great inheritance invested in you. You are his treasure. You are his inheritance. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Another thing just hit me here. This is such a powerful scripture, Ephesians 1, 12 to, 18, to 21. This power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that's keeping us. It's the same power that's sealing away us as a treasure to him. It's the same power that's working that portrait and that exposure in you that we're talking about that raised Christ from the dead. Isn't that amazing? He will not allow anything to happen to us. We are his beloved inheritance, his treasure, his masterpiece, his poetry, his portrait. He is working with us in his dark room even now in that prayer closet to create us perfectly to display us and put us on display with his glory to the world. He wants to show us off. That is his beloved bride. That is the good work. We're that masterpiece. We're that good work that he wants to show off that even now we are working together with him in that prayer closet, in that dark room to create. Now, I thought of two more examples about this, about the inheritance. Monuments Men, the movie that was a few years old now. And the Monuments Men were a group of soldiers that were going around Europe toward the end of the year war. World War II, trying to recover the treasures that Goring and Hitler had stolen from France, especially in other parts of Europe, that they were trying, the Nazis trying to steal for themselves away from the world. But these treasures, they were trying to recover because they didn't belong to just one or two people. They were meant to be displayed to the world. We could say the Nazis and Hitler were like the enemy. They're trying to keep our treasure hidden. So the world can't see it, but God is sending warriors and soldiers and even working with us in the prayer closet to have us expose the treasure of what he wants to expose to the world through us. And so they were recovering all those treasures for the world to see. Another thing I'm going to tell a secret on myself now, a number of years ago, my wife won a considerable sum of money. And it was amazing how we won that money. It was unexpected. And, you know, all of a sudden, we had this huge sum of money. It was kind of scary. A huge, I'd call it a treasure. It wasn't an inheritance, but it was a treasure. We didn't inherit it, but we won this money. And you know what? Everybody started to take notice. They started to take notice, even to the point that they... All kind of people we hadn't heard from in years called us. Some people found out because the newspaper, the local newspaper came out, interviewed my wife. Some of people even called us that didn't know us. 
And they they were some of them were so bold to even ask for some of that inheritance. People, the world will take notice of us, his bride, his portrait, his masterpiece, and they will want some of that. They will ask you about that. They really will when it goes on display. Let's read again. This is such a beautiful portion of Scripture. In him, verse 13 of Ephesians 1, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having been believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It is the guarantee of that inheritance until the redemption of our purchased possession that, and to the praise of his glory. That means till we pass away and go up to heaven with him or are raptured out, the Holy Spirit keeps us if we will yield to that. And then the prayer for wisdom that Paul prayed. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and apocalypsis of revelation, of exposure, in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your heart or understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you, his saints, and what is the exceeding, exceeding, exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. You, my friends, you, my daughters and sons in God, are that great exposure. First point is, he wants to take you in the dark room and begin to develop you that vision of what he sees for you, even as he did with Jeremiah we talked about. Second point is, we talked about the light that he needs to shine upon you and you need to be open to that he might begin to give you a spirit of apocalypsis, of wisdom and revelation, to be, that you would have that revealed to you by his great light. And the third part is, you are his treasure. He's not going to let anything happen to you. He will protect you. He will begin to dig the treasure out of you and put it on display for the world. If the enemy has been trying to blind you to that, He's going to come in like the monuments men and capture that and bring that back for all the world to see. That, my friends, is our lesson today. The Great Exposure, Part A. Come back next week and we'll get into Part B, The Great Exposure. And I believe at that time we're going to talk about a certain group of people that are going to be like a guard or restrainer against the evil spirits of the age. Be blessed, my friends. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Kingdom Corner Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guide. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.